Your soap is... Ugh. And your body wash is a synthetic detergent. But you're not a dish. You're a man. Switch to Dr. Squatch Natural Soap for Men. For men who build things, open pickle jars on the first try. Slay dragons and let their daughters braid their hair. Men who like to feel good and smell titillating. Dr. Squatch takes you places you never thought you'd go. Naked. Dr. Squatch Natural Soap. Real soap for real men. Or don't. And continue to be mommy's little helper. Hey, On The Clock fans, you're listening to another episode with your host, Raul Lascano. We tackle all of today's hot topics in sports news, trends, current issues happening locally and nationally, as well as highlighting some of our local student athletes across the Sunshine State. Now, welcome your host, Raul Lascano. You're on the clock. What's going on, On The Clock fans? Listen, I got a special guest, man. I got something that's I don't think we've ever had on the show before. This is going to be amazing, man. I have NFL agent, sports agent, Ali Siam. Siam who's going to be joining the show. I hope I didn't screw it up. He's going to correct me if I did. But if I if I did, he's going to let me know. But we have him on the show, man. Talk about NFL agency, cutthroat agency. I mean, this man has been on all over the place. Sports agents, influencers, uh, Yahoo, New York Weekly, LA Progressive. I mean, it's been everywhere. So I love that he's coming on the show. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, my guest, Mr. Ali. How you doing, sir? What's going on, man? I'm doing well, I'm doing I'm well man. Yourself? I'm good, man. How are you doing all the way in Cali, man? What's going on over there? Everything's good out here, man. Everything's good. How's everything out there in Florida? Oh, it's good, man. I mean, we, everybody else is in a pandemic except Florida. We've right, we've, yeah. We're we're not in a pandemic. We've just we've been open since the pandemic. Yeah, so, I heard. I heard you get fined out there if you wear a mask. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Or you get talked about like, what are you doing wearing a mask, bro? Yeah, it's you Florida. Get, get that double look. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But what about Cali? I know there's been. Crazy restrictions and everything. Is it slowly lifted up? Is it all the way back now? What? A- it's slowly lifting up. Um, yeah, it's it's not really as fully enforced as it was like a year ago. Yeah, um, the kids are still you know wearing masks in school and, um, but you know it's it's slowly getting better. You know, I'm yeah. I'm that type of guy though. When I'm walking on the sidewalk without a mask on, people you know take two steps further away from me. You know. <laughs> Right, right, right. In Florida, if you're wearing a mask, they take two steps away from you. They don't, yeah. they don't, they don't get it here. I don't know if it's my hair or the way I, I don't know what it is. I just <laughs> scream COVID. I don't know. I know, man. I mean, but it, nobody's been affected by family wise, right? You, you've been good. Everybody family wise been straight. Been good, yeah. Been good. good. Thanks for asking. Yeah. No, you're good, man. I got, I got, I got four kids, so trust me, I, I got, I got to monitor them and watch them. And every time they sneeze, I freaking start looking around and spraying stuff so i gotta make sure they're good to go especially my, my 11 year old i have a 11 year old son who has really bad asthma oh so okay he, yeah he's the only one i really watched like a hawk yeah, yeah. it's been crazy i have, man. I have a six-year-old son so you know it's there's no unified response especially when it comes to kids you know it seems yeah. like everybody has a different opinion and that's yeah. unfortunate you know all these political debates about it i wish we just have one unified front but you know it is oh, what yeah. it is I agree, man. How do you like being a dad, man? And uh, that's your one and only guy. Yeah, one and yeah. only guy, only one I know about. Yeah, <laughs> but, but he's it's it's a blessing, man. It really changed my life. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, until you become a dad, you know, you can't really explain it to people who don't have kids. But you know, it's a it's a life changing experience and a blessing. Yeah, I agree, man. I, I'm, so I got I got three boys, and then the 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 littlest one is a little girl. She's the youngest one. So she's got three brothers in front of her. So God bless. And I was in the military, so I deployed a lot. 
And the only thing I really wanted to do when I came home was one thing. So I have a lot of a lot of kids because of my deployments. But yeah, yeah. becoming a father was crazy, man. I never I never like planned ahead of it. You know what I mean? Like I never like yeah. I'm gonna be a dad. I'm gonna be good at it. I am winging this shit every day. Yeah, it's uh, you. You realize how how blessed you are and what your parents went through when you were when they were raising you. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's a it's a trip, bro. I, I, my kids now since yours are six, but mine is eleven. I got a twenty, fourteen, and eleven year old, so they're all bad ages right there. Those are horrible ages. Oh, because man. yeah, because now the the greatest joke that they do is like, yeah, that's what she said. Like that's the only thing they do yeah. now is, oh, that's what she said. Like stop yeah. doing that. Your mother's over here. Knock that off. It's bad yeah. stuff, man. Yeah, my son's six. I can't wait till he's twelve or or sixteen. He's like, Dad, I don't. I want a car. Yeah. You know, I got this. I got this girl. You know, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's only gonna get you know crazier as he gets older. But I know. I know. it's a crazy my... time to raise a kid, man. You know, a lot I know. of politics and news and movements and Tell all me these, about it. all these things to explain. You know, like how do you, how did you how do you explain to your six year old son? Maybe he hasn't asked a question. Mine mine did as he got older was the active shooter stuff. You know what I mean? In school, like you're like shit. I got to freaking explain to him what's this about because he's like why do we do this every other month i'm like man i don't you know I, I don't know what to tell him but how did how would you approach i mean he hasn't asked a question yet because i'm assuming he's six right yeah well no when during the uh you know the blm protest and and all those things you know I, I kind of took it upon myself to explain to him you know there's about the politics and you know how some people um you know aren't treated as 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 well as they should be and you know kind of just took that opportunity to to lay it out there but it's you know you you want you don't want to scare the kids but you you right. want to be honest with them and you know not say too much but not say too little but at the same time you know kind of just let them know like hey this world isn't as uh what you see on the cartoons every saturday morning <laughs> right you know, just exactly. the other day you know we, we live in a pretty good neighborhood his school had a lockdown because there was a you know like somebody robbing a house down the street from the school and the, the cops had it surrounded so they mm -hmm. had to lock down the school as a precaution and you know these this school told the kids um you know the principal lost her keys so you know until she finds her keys we got to uh you know not let anybody leave the classroom and then wow. i'm like you know I would appreciate it if you tell the kids, you know, a little something different, but you know, I don't want them to get scared, but you know, then yeah, you gotta... it's sensitive, man. It's very, sensitive. Very sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's rough, man. Especially Florida schools too, man. You know, we've had the, our share, fair share of, of things going on down here, man. So yeah, I, I didn't know how to have the conversation. I tried my best and hopefully he understands how it goes because my, I, I don't remember my parents ever telling me about the only thing I had to do was fire drills. I didn't, that's all we had to do was a fire drill. I remember my parents yeah. telling me, well, yeah, we used to get on the desk because of a of a threat of a nuclear bomb coming and, and things. And I'm like, I guess that fits the pandemic. I mean, yeah, like that's pretty rough to explain to a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think at this point, every every school should have a armed security. Something, yeah. something. Or, or non-lethal, you know, military background. I, I, I told them, well, you can have non-lethal weapons. Like you have the rubber bullets with the freaking, with the teachers. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can you yeah. can arm them and show them. It's a, it's a crazy world, but somebody's got to adapt otherwise we're gonna have more of those things man but but speaking of yeah. parents and, and and things i know you you have you are a multi you have like three or four businesses that you have done as long with doing sports agency where did you get your work ethic from where did you where did you find it was that just something that was inside or was that handed down from parents i said from my dad my yeah. dad my dad immigrated here in the 
late 70s from Iran. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he didn't speak one word of English. You know, he was working 18-hour shifts in a gas station during the Iran hostage situation wow. in San Francisco. You know, and um, as soon as people found out he was Iranian, you know, the there was a couple bars across the street. They would just, you know, come over to the gas station and, you know, urinate all over the place, wow. make, make him clean it up, you know, humiliate him. Jesus. Things like that. And, you know, my dad went from that to, you know, developing a lot of commercial properties. Now our family business, you know, has about 12, 12 properties across the country. We also mm-hmm. own a cha- chain of car washes. So just seeing him, how he handled himself from, from nothing to growing in the world um, really was a perfect example of, of how you how you lead by example for your kids, how you don't make excuses, right? Um, you know, how you, how you grind every day. And, and um, you know, a lot of people just want handouts these days. And, you know, especially these days, they're not willing to put the, put the time and put the work into it. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I also learned how to treat people with, with respect, you know, yeah. whether they're, they're a custodian or they, they drive a Rolls Royce. I, I treat everybody the same. And I, I teach my son to do that as well. So, you yeah. know, we, we live in a condo. My, my son knows everybody by name. That's you good. Know, we, we do holiday parties for them. We know we, we, we treat everybody with respect, no matter what race, religion, and just kind of embody that, that peace and togetherness that this world needs. Oh, I, I agree with you. I've, I've always said, man, there's always two things that bring, people together that's music and sports like those for whatever reason just have a have that have that natural i guess vibe or spiritual that it just brings people together doesn't matter where you're from doesn't matter what race you are but if you love music you love sports it can high you can high five anybody or sing with anybody dance with anybody you know what i mean and that's what we need right now yeah yeah and that's why i got into sports as a kid and and now because it it taught you that that work ethic and that responsibility you know you know i played uh college golf you know but i played every sport when i was a kid i eventually somehow got into being a competitive golfer yeah you know forcing yourself to practice every day you know go to the gym every day um you know and then you take those those, that work ethic and lessons into everyday life right and you push on through. I, i see that in sports and my my clients and and the industry um you know sports it didn't used to be political you know, no. it, it, they did music, but no, and unfortunately it's now a lot of people associate politics with it and it's the, kind of, you know, it was divisive, I, I felt, but it's, it's gotten better now. But yeah, during the pandemic and lockdown, if I didn't have sports, you know, I might, I might've gone mad, you know? <laughs> well, I started doing TikToks. My kids made me do like, when we were quarantined over here, I got uh-huh. heavy into doing TikToks for whatever reason. And I haven't been able to stop yet. I don't know why I keep going back to doing TikToks, but I keep yeah. I got like a thousand. I'm never going to blow up. I'm never going to be. I just find it funny myself. Like I find it hilarious to do them. I don't know why. I still I know, do it with my yeah, kids. TikTok blew up during during the lockdown. Yeah, that oh, was yeah. highly entertaining. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just absolutely. To have that outlet, man, whether it's sports or TikTok or, or music, you know, especially when it comes to mental health and, and kids. Yeah. Just being able to express yourself and and have that outlet to um, you know have creativity and get those frustrations out, yeah. I think is a is a big thing to press to especially the kids these days. To it, it's okay to 
you know, get flustered. Um, and but what are you going to do with it? And going back to those, you know, school shootings and these kids, you know, it all goes back to the parents, you know, mm-hmm. kind of just shoving their kids' problem underneath the carpet, yeah. ignoring it, you know, not giving them the time when they needed the time and the attention. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, look, look what happens at the end of the day, you know, and, you know, whenever those things happen, you always say like those kids, those parents. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, where, where were yeah, they? Yeah. Where were they? Yeah. Yeah, exactly, man. Let me ask you, you mentioned you got into sports. I know you you do golf. I can't do golf. Like I I played football, I played baseball, I played soccer. I can never I've gone with buddies of mine that, that want me to go with them. The only good thing I'm good at is bringing the beer and drinking it. I cannot yeah. hit that ball for whatever reason. What got you into sports as far as golf? What what pushed you that way uh uh and pursuing it in college? Yeah, well, I was uh a competitive hockey player in my in my early teens playing ice oh, hockey. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And um, the rink that was closest to our house went out of business. Mm. So that kind of, um, you know, and there wasn't a, a rink within 45 miles of us. So as soon as that closed, you know, the kind of the the hockey teams couldn't couldn't practice. We know we couldn't extend our careers. So uh, right. you know, it was kind of frustrating. And um, the only time we could practice in L.A. with the busyness of the only rinks was like three or four in the morning. So now they close the rink and, you know, what's our availability? So everybody got frustrated. So eventually one day I ended up at the driving range. I I just on a, you know, one of those, let's go mess around at the driving range. Yeah. See how far we hit it, right? (laughs) Yeah. And I was, I was, you know, hitting it amazing. And this instructor, he comes up to me. He's like, man, how how often do you play? You're pretty good. I haven't seen you around here. And I'm like, "Uh, this is actually my first time I've ever been to the range. He goes, shut up. (laughs) can i work with you let me let me be your teacher and um you know that was like four at age 14 so eventually i just i just transferred right into golf you know had a had a decent you know junior career and eventually ended up in the in the college ranks but yeah man it's a total patience test oh no i know uh, you you gotta be like mentally strong you know because golf (laughs) It's it's an individual sport. You can't call timeout. Yeah, <laughs> you can't you can't pass the rock to somebody when you're not playing well. Right. You know, there's no substitutions. So you just gotta you're sitting there on this big field for four or five <laughs> hours, and like you know you hit a bad shot, you gotta regroup right away. You know. Yeah. Um. And you know you start off the round horribly. You gotta be able to bounce back real fast. I so, know, man. I I, I can't do. I, I mean, it's. You're hitting all the points right. I am more like Happy Gilmore where I'm just grabbing the ball and I'm like throwing it or, you know, yelling, don't you want to go home? Go to your home, ball. Like I just yeah. I have no patience when it came to that sport, man. So that's, how far did you go? How far was it? I know you said semi-pro, but like were you almost going to click into be professional in the golf and try to hit the Yeah, hit the you PGA? know, I, I was – I was uh, I won a couple pro tournaments as an amateur – um, nice. You know, I was playing semi-pro as I was in graduate school at Pepperdine, but at the end of the day, I just couldn't hit the ball far enough, man. I just, really? I, yeah, I think the I was really good putting and chipping, but you know, I never had that uh, the distance to compete with the with the new age guys. You know, what Nowadays, was the distance at that time? What, what was it like? Is it like four or five hundred yards? What like what is it? Some crazy? But no, like I was no, I was driving it like two seventy, two seventy five. Well, you know, these guys nowadays, you know, they're hitting at 320, mm-hmm. you know, and, and um, the courses are completely designed different to, you know, you got to be able to hit it longer. And, 
you know, I just, you know, I, I felt like I was, it was just the time to pursue something different, you know, but as far as networking and business, you know, and, and just having fun with friends, there's nothing better than golf. And uh, I've done more business deals on the golf course, you know, with, yeah, with clients, prospective clients. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I was reading something in Forbes back then, uh, you know, a lot of corp 500 corporation deals are done on golf courses you know and You're right and uh, it's an amazing sport for networking and just just getting outside yeah i gotta try it i gotta get back yeah. i mean i've had i've got two friends uh, uh george martinez and, and brian hoster them two good buddies man they go all the time they invite me all the time but i'm like bro all i'm gonna i'll drive the cart like i'll, I'll drive the cart i'll crack the jokes i'll drink some of the yeah. beer but i don't want to club nothing i don't hit nothing it's it gets me frustrated i love hanging out but i, I don't want to be frustrated all night i'll do I, i'll be I, the guy being silly <laughs> I'll be that guy. I've played with the most successful business people, you know, who are like rock solid, calm, you know, like, yeah. like, you know, foundation, like preacher on a Sunday type people, but they hit a bad shot and they're throwing the club <laughs> and they're like, you know, they lose the religion. Yeah. Out. And um, it's like, you know, the golf does some crazy things to people. Yeah. It's frustrating, and, um, man. A wise man also once told me golf is the only excuse you have to get away from your wife for five five hours. So, don't teach your wife ever how to play golf. But wow, but that's a that's a who if you don't mind me, who was the one that told you that? His name was Roger Burlage. He was like the the <laughs> one of the founders of New Line Cinema. Yeah, he was a big time uh, movie movie uh, company producer. I believe that yes. that was the company. I know he had a different company. But yeah, he was a member of my club, and uh, yeah, he looked me right in the eyes like, "Don't you ever teach your wife how to play golf?" I'm like, but it's right. so true yeah. though. Like, it's, yeah. he's like, he's, he's hitting a thousand on that one. I was like, "That's yeah, a that's yeah. a true statement." Yeah, no, Let me ask you this: for driving the foot, the driving the football, driving the golf ball, when you say 270, 275, do you contribute it to form or maybe the clubs that were designed back in the day? Because if you look at some of these clubs now. Yeah. I mean, from what I see commercial wise, I'm like, okay, this thing apparently drives this thing a thousand yards. Like, you yeah. could, do you think it might have been that, or is it you know more form? I think it's you know f muscle form and yeah. technology. You know, it was a, a combination of the three. Of you know, back then I did not have the most ideal technique, and okay. you know, I'm not. I'm not I want to say I'm a wimp or anything, but I wasn't transferring my weight into the ball as as well as you should. And I was losing a little distance because um, I wasn't coming in at the proper angle. Right. Um, but you know, it's uh, it's a combination of, of of the three: form, technology, and just you know, st strength. Right. So you must look like an all star when you go with the clients, though, right? Like you must be looking like yeah, 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 <laughs> he goes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> I'm killing these guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After like one shot, you know. You know, because you know, guys just starting to golf. You know, they're like, you know, they can't hit the ball, and right. you know, these guys, you know, they've they've been pure elite athletes their whole life. You know, whether they're playing football or baseball or, you know, and um, you know, you and they can't hit the ball, and they're in the NFL, or you know, they want to be in the NFL, and they're like, you hit the ball, and they're like, oh, okay, oh, well, okay, and then you know, like I go back to the networking business, then you start talking about business. And like, oh yeah. wow, this guy, you know what? He's he's look at this thing, he's in control, he's he can yeah. do these things, you know. I, he's already impressed me, and then you just build off that kind of, you know.
And that's what's up, man. What made you want to be a sports agent? Like, was that something that you pursued in high school to college and all the way? Or did you fall into it? Like, how do you become? Because I've never met a real life sports NFL agent before, man. Yeah, it was it was like kind of always my um, my backup plan. If I if I couldn't be a pro athlete, I'm like, you know, what's the next best thing possible? Um, Be behind the scenes. And I always had a, a knack for sports business and negotiating. Nice. So, you know, it kind of put it all together. Um, you know, that was that was my thing. And I, I the reason I went to grad school, you know, you have to have either a master's degree or law degree to even start the process of of becoming a, a NFL or, or NBA agent. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm not sure about the other sports, but mm-hmm. that was all that was the only reason really I went to grad school is to have that so I can pursue that if, if necessary. And I went and took the test. Um, you know, you got to go to a couple seminars and take the test. Mm. And um, that was in 2013. And, I, you know, I just wanted to, uh, you know, use use my passion for sports and business and, and trying to help out kids. And another thing was, you know, I wanted to be a, a role model and mentor to to kids, too, because I, I, I realized that a lot of these kids come from traumatic childhoods and backgrounds. Mm. Not all of them have the the two two parent solid foundations. Yeah. So um, the older I came in life, you know, and um, I really realized that when I became a dad myself, you know, part of what I love to do is is just be that that rock to the the families and to the clients and that bigger brother type. And um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's what separates my agent business from the others. Is I'm I'm more of a family tight knit boutique atmosphere. You know, I'm not this, you know, I do everything on myself. A lot of these big agencies, you know, they sign the kid, they treat them like investments. Yeah. Another book on the bookshelf, another brother. And then a year or two after they get their money, they just disappear. You know, whereas I'm the opposite. I'm more involved in the the aspects of their day-to-day life. That's awesome, man. Because, I mean, especially nowadays, I mean, with college sports, I wonder how it's going to affect as they move up into the NFL, like college sports, giving the the money to athletes and things like that, they're going to need agents to, to kind of guide them. I hope, I know, I, I don't know about all the college, but I, I was reading about Alabama. Nick Saban has an actual financial class set up for the kids and how to manage their money and what needs to be done going forward. Cause he has a quarterback who made almost a million dollars in endorsements before he even threw the a football in a football game. It was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah that That's just the NIL um, addition to the business has just made it like uh, uh, just a not you know I don't want to say nightmare but uh, just <laughs> added a whole different world to right I, I can the imagine industry um, so nowadays kids college kids you know they're getting swooped just one for the NIL marketing people mm-hmm. as well as agents who just want to be their agent and then there's people who want to do both right so you know it's kind of like a a backdoor way of, of giving the kids money early on to kind of secure them when they turn professional. Yeah. You know, for a lot of agents are, are approaching it that way. You know, let me give you this. And when you, when you go pro, you sign with me, you got it, boy. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. Um, it's really, really gotten um, crazy, man. It's really gotten crazy out here in LA, you know, these UCLA, USC, uh, West coast kids, you know, yeah, I don't want to sound too rude. They already have enough ego as it is. 
Yeah. You know, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you're right. Kind of gotten intensified. I'm sure Florida, Florida kids are like that too. Oh, the, it's, it's, yeah, man. These, these guys are getting money out the buku. And, and I don't know, man. I, I just think, like, I wonder what if, like, in your opinion, what should a kid be looking for? Like, if, if, like you said, I, I would want to gravitate more to an agent like yourself that's family oriented, make sure that I'm going to be taken care of. Like, especially if I'm a father and I have a, I have a 19 year old son, 20 year old son who's, a four-star, five-star recruit, and he's going to college, and now all these people want attention from him or try to buy his name or use his likeness, I would I would think that somebody would want to gravitate to somebody who's going to be more family-oriented than somebody who's a like a, you know, like a hustler, a shark, a, a car salesman type deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and one of the biggest things I've learned in, in not just this business but all my businesses is you got to know the match for you early on. You know, just like picking a, a girlfriend or, or partner yeah. – you learn from your mistakes of of who you messed with earlier on, you know, and right. and um, you know, I, I'm very selective on who I go after, and I want that that family and that kid who comes from a a very very tight family and has a very select circle around him, mm-hmm. who who wants the guy like me, you know, who who wants the guy, you know, what Ali has the resources, Ali's gonna give me more personal attention. Right, going to be that that guy I need on a day to day basis. That's all I need, you know. Yeah. And I just kind of like sniff through it right away, you know. I, when I was early on getting these big big time interviews with these first round guys and and big name guys, I had one dad, you know, bring a gun into the meeting, and wow. he he pulled a gun on me, and I'm like, what the fuck? Excuse me, <laughs> I don't like cuss. No, you can cuss, man. Do do whatever you got to do. Yeah, he said. um you know, I, I just did that to you because I wanted to see your reaction. I wanted to see if you get scared. I wanted to see if you walk out. I wanted to see, you know, what type of guy you really are. And I, I remember walking out of that meeting and I'm like, you know, what the hell am I doing meeting with somebody like this? Yeah. You know, I, don't th- I don't think that's what you should we should be doing and selecting an agent for your son. Right. You know, I, I understand maybe that's where he comes from. That's how they how they test people. And um, yeah, I I'm, guess so. I, I've never, I've never really heard of a test like that, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Like, and uh, I don't want to say the guy's name, but it, it was, yeah. he, he went up going, you know, top 10 pick. Um, but, but he, uh, that was kind of like, I'm like, you know what, now I'm going to be a little more selective in who I go after. Right. It's not right. always, the, it's not always the best fit, you know, and it's, it's okay to hear no. Right. You know, I, I, I get, I get no's a lot of time. You know, I've, I've been, I've been, fired a couple times and then, you know, rehired by the same guy, you know, it's, it's part of the business, you know, and you right. can't take it personal. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's another lesson for life. You know, you, you gotta, you gotta be able to, to not take it personal and, and just know that, you know, not let it change who you are when you fail. Right. And it is, it is, I would, you know, it has to be a cutthroat type business, man, because we all saw Jerry Maguire. So we're all, <laughs> yeah. you know I mean? It's, yeah. it's show me the money type deal, man. So, is it a cutthroat business? And how, are, how have you been able to last so long in a business that, that that's like that? You know what I mean? Yeah. First off, I hated that movie because <laughs> I was I was, I wanted to be an agent before that. Right, right, right. When that movie came out. Everybody was like, yeah, show me the money. And then you, know, you would go to these cocktail mixers or, you know, school interviews. Be like, what do you want to do when you get older? Yeah. Uh, you know, I would mention sports agent. He'd be like, oh, like Jerry Maguire. And be like, you know, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I, thanks a lot, Tom Cruise. Way to yeah, screw yeah. this up, Tom. Yeah. Uh, 
it, it uh <laughs> yeah so it was yeah. it was um it was it was kind of like that yeah i don't know if uh I answered your question really, but well, no, it, it's it's just I, I can imagine how cutthroat it is. I mean, it, it yeah, it has, it has. I hope it's not like a lot of backstabbing and you know it trying is, to get your, it, your clients. It, it is the definition of a cutthroat industry, really? you know. Um, and you when you when you have a client, you have other agents trying to steal your client. Yeah. Um, you know the the toughest thing I ever had to do was get my first client, and yeah. um, you know I'm a USC alum. And I got certified in, in 2013. And, um, you know, my first client actually was, uh, I did get a client my first year. It was an undrafted free agent out of a D Division three school in Tennessee. Mm. I, I, you know, I really wanted to get into business right away. So I, I found this, this, this cool kid, you know, ended up as an undrafted free agent for the Colts for a couple of couple seasons you know didn't make it but my first big client was a six round pick out of usc uh kevon seymour and i i fought so hard for to get him and right. he's actually he's on the ravens right now but he has an amazing life story he when he when he was at the nfl combine they found out he played all of college football blind in one eye whoa and then um you know he w was on the Panthers, and they they cut him, claiming he was healthy, but he had a very severe wrist injury. I ended up kind of what the NFL equivalent was of suing the Panthers wow. for even a year long process to get him his money. Um, wow. you know I went went through all these things with him, and you know he ended up referring me to you know what I would categorize as my biggest client right now. Who's uh, the starting DN on the Chargers? Uchenna Nwosu, who is from um, USC. Right. Most of most of my clients are USC or, or, or UCLA guys. Right. And um, the, like in any business, the best ref business is referrals from. from yeah, absolutely. Especially for yeah. these guys, they're getting thrown twenty agents at them. They're like, you know what, my guy says this guy's legit, solid. You know, do that. But you know, just. Um, all the interviews I had, you know, before I signed my big guy, you know, all the ups and downs, it's so easy to quit. It was, it could have been really easy to quit. You got to put a lot of money in these guys now, a lot of time in these guys. And um, it's not the glamour Jerry Maguire business that, right. that, that they saw. So cutthroat. Every year there's like 200 agents that quit, you know, and then there's 200 yeah. new guys that come in. You gotta sign. You gotta sign like two contracts in three years at least to get your uh, license. Keep your license pending. Mm. Um, you gotta, you know, pay fees and and things. And um, you know, nowadays, you know, the NFL PA isn't the most supportive and loving for agents. You know, the, you know, I heard back in the day they could charge up to five percent commission. Now it's you know three percent max. They recommend one point five percent. So, you know, you, you don't make your money back until, you know, after year two, depending on how much wow. these guys for training. You know, nowadays these pre-draft training guys, you know, want so much money to get the guys ready. Yeah. And, you know, you have these big agencies, you know, throwing money at these kids left and right. Yeah. But, you know, I don't I want I want the guy who who wants that that, you know, everyday personal attention guy. Who who has the good support circle around him, 
um, to to tell him, you know what, dude, this guy, this guy is way different than the other guys. You know, I love when they bring like the grandma, grand or grandpa yeah. in the meetings. You right. know, that to me is a good sign of a family. You know, they the bull the bullshit sniffer, as I call them. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and I've seen, I've been interviewing kids the whole year, and and you know, the mom or dad is taking money from an agent that they don't know about, and oh, or wow. I've been. I've been recruiting parents the whole year saying they're handling the process right. but the whole time this kid's been taking money from an agent and the parents don't know about it wow and then i've been i've been interviewing kids and parents at the same time recruiting <laughs> them and then the uncle has been taking big money from an agent that none of them know about Jesus. and then when, when the kid wants to sign with an agent the agent threatens the uncle hey you better have that kid sign or else i'm gonna come after you you know, yeah, and then they feel like they got to go over that way. Yeah, 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 and they they put pressure yeah. and yeah, I've seen everything in this industry. It's very cutthroat. How do you balance? How do you balance? You know, a cutthroat industry being there with the for the kids and sports agents and being a father and parenting. Like how that? I mean, I can I don't even have that kind of crazy of a life. Like I go to work, I do the podcast on the side. I coach youth football. I coach high school football. Nice. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I balance it. You know, because and I got into football because obviously the, my boys. Uh, I played, but I never wanted to coach, and then it kind of just stumbled in there. But I balance it terribly. I don't do a great job of it. I try to do a little bit of both, but how do you do it in your industry? Yeah, you have to really take a deep look at yourself in the mirror, Yeah, you know, in, in this industry. And then when you become a father, and you got to just say, like, listen, no matter what dollar amount comes about, and I'm fortunate enough where I have other real estate businesses where I'm not as financially dependent. Right. On, on this business I'm, i mean I'm, I'm up and coming and getting bigger every year and i am competitive but i told myself i'm not going to let myself sway to to for this or for that and create problems and chaos for my mental health and right. let that drift to my kid and my family just to uh, get this big name guy right oh so, and um you know you you have to know i'm not going to sell myself out and be a bad example for myself and and get myself out of my shoes to to do one thing or or chase somebody right you know? that and, makes uh, sense. yeah you gotta you gotta really take a deep look at yourself in the mirror and know that foundation of yourself uh, because in the, in the in the beginning i was more scattered i was desperate and and trying to get up and um, doing things that i wouldn't normally do meeting places and people i normally wouldn't do Right. You have all these, you know, runner goons coming up to you, calling you like, hey, man, I can get you this guy. I can get you this guy, you know, right. you know fly me out to here, you know. You know, yeah, let's let meet me at Ruth Mastro's, you know, <laughs> six o'clock, you know, I was, you know, and I don't, I'm not doing that stuff anymore, you know. I'm, right, right. I'm very selective on who I want to work with. And, um, yeah, you got to you got to be rock solid, man, cuz you know, once you once you take a step out of your of that danger into that danger zone, you know, who knows where you might step next. No, no, you're right. And, and you and you never know who what uncle or what what cousin is going to try to come get you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, I mean, that's that's I don't know. I don't know if I could be an agent because there's some contracts that I look at TV and I'm watching ESPN and I think to myself like, "Jesus, that's a hell of a contract. How do you negotiate that?" Is there any contract that you ever seen or been a part of that you're like Hey man, wow, we got that one. Or damn, how did he get that one? Like Patrick Mahomes' contract to me is the one that stands out. You're like five hundred million dollars. Like, who's the guy that negotiated that with Andy Reid and the rest of them? 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, well, well, when the rookies get drafted, their their contracts are pretty standard out of the okay. draft. So they for their first contract, you know, whether it's you know three four years, first round guys have a fifth year option. Right. You know, it's very slotted. You know what what the signing bonus is. You know what they're going to make in their salaries for the first three or four years. Mm. And the big money comes in the second contracts. So, you know, when, when it's renegotiated. And that's where the agents can become creative and clever. And, you know, a lot of those times when you see those massive deals, um, you don't understand the structure of it. Like they stay kind of clump it out so that, you know, it appears like it's massive, but it not, it's not all of it's guaranteed. You know, right. they, might, they might get a clump, a lump sum in the beginning, but, you know, that team could cut the guy after three years and, you know, it would end up not being that, that huge amount, you know? Right. There's various, you know, roster bonuses. If he's on the roster at this certain time uh, of the of the year, then he gets another bonus. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it's 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 uh, kind of deceptive how they how they structure it. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, you you do get creative. Not so much in the NFL as like the NBA. Yeah, those those guys contracts are. Yeah, like like you know, uh, NBA contracts are are unbelievable like i'm watching like you know seth curry uh, steph curry's brother i'm like what is seth curry making like you know what the <laughs> hell like like and then, like you know like the you know seventh guy on the lakers you know he's right. making so much money mm -hmm. um, and they're they're same with baseball you know it's more more it's another um, one yeah yeah and you know the the one critique i have of the nfl is you know the the players association doesn't really, you know, f fight for the, um, the those guaranteed bigger contracts. You know, I'm, you know, be granted there is like 53 guys on this, on this team is more right. than the other sports. I understand that, but the average career of NFL guys like three years, you know, yeah. you know, and um, there is, these guys are putting their body on the line way mm -hmm. more than other sports, but you know, they're, they're not getting that that guaranteed money that I that I feel that they should, mm. um, and um, yeah. So now I, for example, I have two guys this year who are in the last year of their contracts. Mm. So I'm starting to research, you know, their positions and and what recent contracts have been done for guys at their position and their and trying to match it, right? Yeah, their playing time. And uh, yeah, trying to up it, if anything, you know, and just kind of, you know, like you analyze the industry and the market, the market right. trends, and you yeah. kind of see like what's what have these teams done for similar players, and so I, when I go to the negotiating table, I know, um, and then you look, you analyze your the team they're currently on, what they've offered in the past, you know, if they're cheap, if they're, <laughs> if they're you know, hand out what, how they are with the salary cap, how much money they have to spend. So when, yeah, because uh, these damn yeah. bucks here, the bucks over here, man. They, they. I'm interrupt you, sir. They, they just have like so many reconstructed contracts. I, I joke with my buddy Reggie. He is a huge Tampa Bay fan. He loves them to death. But I'm like, look, man. Either somebody's selling cocaine out here, the Tampa Bay Harbor. Like, how in the hell do you get all 22 back? You don't lose anything. Like, what is going on in Tampa to do that? But uh, again, like you said, being creative and finding different ways to do it. I just couldn't imagine, like, how who's negotiating 22 different players? Because I'm assuming they have 22 different agents, maybe 
three or four have the same guy, maybe. But like to reconstruct 22 different contracts to come back because, like you mentioned, the NFL PA they don't. I, I don't know. In my opinion, I don't know about yours, but my opinion, the NFL doesn't cater that much to players. They don't. They don't do that much. The NBA does. The baseball does a little bit. Um, they cater more to the players, and I, and I know the roster is smaller, but Jesus, like you said, three years, and that depends on the position. I mean, we just saw Derrick Henry just get a foot injury. You know what I'm saying? He just had the, the best three, four years of his life, and now he might he has a season-ending injury, and they're going to bring in Adrian Peterson. So, like, you had the the life cycle is not that big. You know what I mean? Oh no, yeah, and you know, there's so many. Yeah, every every team has a a contract guy who's their number cruncher and you know it's better for them if they have you know one agent with multiple guys on the team so if they needed to do that when they restructure those things they can either you know give the guy more of a signing bonus or clump up front if they have money to spend and then decrease his base salary as you know year to year or vice versa you know and to open up more money either now or or later if they have a guy whose contract is going to expire later, you know, right. so they got to be able to get creative on a, on a spot, on a spot of a dime to, to be able to make a move. Free agent comes up. They don't have money to, to sign up. They either got to cut somebody or ask their, you know, their big shot. Hey, how about we restructure your deal? So, cause we need to open up some money for so-and-so. Right. And then you hear sometimes the guy's not playing well. They're like, Hey, uh, you know, we're going to, you need to take a pay cut or, you know, we're going to just let you go because we don't, we, we don't have to, we don't have that much money to guarantee you after, you know, and you kind of give it to them like that. True. So, you know, it's, um, it's, it's very, very, um, you know, you, it's part of the business. you got to get creative. Cause but, I, I, I'm a Miami Dolphin fan and I'm never going to get, I don't think in my generation, I'm going to get a, a, a sniff of the playoffs or a sniff of a championship, but we don't go all in on contracts like like all these other guys do. So when you say there's a number cruncher, that guy must be out to lunch for the Dolphins because he's not he's not. We're not finding people crunching numbers to continue to bring in talent, and then it goes into another avenue of that part. But we, yeah. you know, I, I can't imagine. Do you have to contact that number cruncher? Like, who do you speak to directly as an NFL agent for your client? Is it is it the owner directly? Is it the coach or or I that number cruncher? Well, first off, I think if they um, they do more cocaine testing and curfews in Miami, you guys might, might have <laughs> we a might yeah we might we might get something. Yeah, you're right about that. I'll give you that. It's tough to have a you know whenever my clients go to a team, I'm like you know go to in. I hope I'm like I pray they go to Indy or Philly or somewhere yeah. where they can just focus on football. You know, oh, I agree. Yeah. I agree because yeah. going to Miami, there's not, not there's... to insult those cities, but you know, there's sports no. towns and you know there's. You know, not not as much crazy of a nightlife. You know, no, but, you're right. I I, I would yeah. imagine like if I'm if I'm a college player, I'm like God. I wish I get when Tom Brady was there, but like I'm wish I get drafted by the Patriots, or I wish I get drafted by the Packers or the Steelers because they keep you for longevity. Like they're they're in it for the long haul. They're not just trying to keep you three four years and kick you out. You know what I mean? They're yeah. they're in it for the long haul. So yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, yeah. So when when the guy is drafted or signed, the the you know depending if he's you know how big of a draft pick he is, you know, the, the contract guy will reach out to you. You'll, you'll do the deal. And I always like to keep in touch with them right. as they go on, especially now when I have the, the two guys in contract years, I'm, I'm, you know, when I go to games, I always hit those guys up to get the, um, the sideline passes and, you know, <laughs> just check in every now and then, 
Right. You know, if my guy gets a big sack, you know, I might say like, hey, I hope you enjoyed watching that yesterday. <laughs> you know, um, you know, so on. So uh, you just keep a, a good relationship. Yeah. And whenever they make a deal on their team, you know, you want to you want to stay attuned to to what they're doing and kind of look at the uh, the detail of, of the contract and the deal and to see, um, you know, what they're doing so that when it comes to your turn, you you know what they're thinking and what their trends are, you know? Right, right. Do you have to do a lot of social media tracking on the USC, UCLA kids too, going into the NFL? Because it can hurt them, right? It Absolutely, hurt their contracts. Yeah. yeah. Do you, you have to do a lot of, of watching their social media, I, right? I, I follow them. Yeah, I all, I all follow them. And, you know, yeah. even I'm recruiting guys, they follow me. So, you know, got a lot of tracking and, you know, you're very, very right to the point. Like a lot of teams have, you know, what do you call it? Spy social media guys yeah. who, who are checking yeah. out these guys. I'll give you an example. I have one uh, West Coast scout friend who, uh, you know, I, I can't tell him. He's 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 very very good scout, and he follows you know all the USC guys. Yeah, and he's like, you know, when they lost to Notre Dame, this kid is posting pictures of himself. You know, when he made a play, and you know he's showing pictures of himself dressed up, you know, clothes, you know, the next morning. And I'm like, you know, that's not the type of guy we want, you know, to be posting, you know, videos and pictures of himself after they got they got smoked and he made one play in the game, one play in the season. Now he thinks he's somebody. I'm just going to scratch this guy off my list, man. Right. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. Because I, I got high school kids that they don't listen. I try telling them, like, listen, man, in a lower form of it, like, like don't do anything crazy on social media. Because your colleges are watching. If they're going to recruit you, they're going to watch you. I had a wide receiver who was supposed to go to Georgia Tech. He was very high on their list. He does one crazy thing on social media, and they're like, yeah, don't. we don't want him no more, thanks. And I'm like, you going to tell him that? He's like, no, you tell him. <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks, man. Exactly. And they blew it. You know what I mean? You should never be posting videos of you drinking or smoking or, or doing yeah. anything like that yeah. on social media. Or for, for that, another thing I hate is when the guys are driving and, and – and um, you know, showing them going 100 miles an hour video than videoing themselves. You know, that's. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how, how. I don't know. I know that's kind of edgy, but I don't think the teams, you know, like would like that. You know, you no. gotta just just think. I have that five second rule. Before I hit send or before I post something, I kind <laughs> of like rewind it. Like you know, should I put this out there? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, once it's out there, it's out there. There's nothing else they can do. I remember. I can't remember what draft. It was. I remember watching. Oh God, this. The I can't Miami, remember the game. I don't know the 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 lineman with the bong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm with the the gas. <laughs> like, Tunsil, hey, yeah, Laramie Tunsil, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Like Jesus, what are you doing, buddy? Like why why do this? Yeah, you know you know how that got released mm. is because he was supposed to sign with one uh, marketing agency, and he kind of um, did them wrong at the last second. Wow. When they when they had uh, when they thought they had him. Yeah. And somehow they had that that video and they they released it to kind of screw him. Damn. You know. It is cutthroat. Yeah. <laughs> it is cutthroat. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. How, that's how the whole Reggie Bush stuff came out too. Right. You know, his his parents were were kind of taking money from this person and he kind of went went the other way with the with the marketing representative and then he just kind of went all out on them and released all this stuff. Jesus. And um yeah. So that's that's the the bad side of the agent world. Yeah. 
That's crazy, man. That, that's unfortunate too, man. Reggie, uh, I love watching him play college too. That was, that's unfortunate. Uh, yeah. But hey, listen, I, it's been 45 minutes. I, I don't know if you have more time or not. I don't want to hold you, but do you want to let everybody know where they can find you at, where they can sure. find your social media? Yeah, it's at Siam Sports, S-I-A-M Sports. Awesome. And I'll be checking it. And listen, man, if you ever want to jump on here, you or anybody else, USC, it doesn't matter, man. You let me know and we'll, we'll make it a full party. We actually have a, a full ledge studio. If you ever make it to Tampa and you want to golf here in Tampa, Florida, uh, we'll awesome. take you out golfing. Yeah, man, you come over here. We have a full fledged studio. It's it's beautiful. You come in and, and we'll, we'll all have a good time and, and crack some beers and talk some more, man. Oh, for sure, man. If you guys are ever out in L.A., let me know, too. Oh, we're supposed to be there this summer. That That's what's funny. We're supposed to be there in the summertime, so I'll definitely let you know, sure. man. Yeah, for yeah. sure. We'd love, to, we'd love to chop it up with you guys. Appreciate you. I appreciate you, man. No problem, sir. And take care. Be safe. Take care of your six-year-old son, man. Likewise to you. Thank you. Uh, yes, sir. All right. Take care, brother. You too. Thanks.